you're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 107 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you as always, Bob Chichinsky, with my good, good friend, Dogbark24. My dude, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Excited to be here as always. And especially this week because we're covering a, a you know, good old classic region guide episode. And the next one in line is none other than... The uh, home of Morrowind and all that good stuff, Vardenfell. So we will be taking you to the land of the mushrooms and Elder Scrolls' first ever chapter. Well, unless you can Arsenium, that's a debate for a different time. So, anyways. I mean, Arsenium is not ESO's first official chapter, though. But he's, hmm. it's, yeah. That's true, that's true. It's definitely the first official one was Morrowind. This was the uh, birth of one Tamriel, you know? So, some people would consider this the actual start of true ESO. Yeah, I I mean, I didn't play until after one Tamriel, so... You missed some good times, man. <laughs> but yeah, it happens. It happens. So, we're going to get into all that, cover everything you need to know about this zone, some things that maybe you didn't know before. Who knows? But before that, of course, we have some news and, of course, PvP scores to get for you guys. So, Dogged, I'll hand it over to you, my friend. What's going on in the news? All right, well... uh this weekend, or I guess on Friday, there was an ESO Live, uh, January 20th, with a voice actor, Steve French and Paul Guyet. They voiced over Mavrin Stagon and the Breton bad guy of last chapter. I forgot what his name is, and now I feel dumb. Uh, the Ascendant Lord. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, that was a cool and stream. It- uh yeah, I couldn't make it to that because you know I was busy with you know college and uh you know work, so it was a very eventful day for me on that day. Yeah, I know how that one goes. Uh, it was a pretty cool stream. Yeah, well that's good. like the entire time the chat was just begging them to do like lines of their voice acting, and from what I heard, they never did, but. I was also at work, so I was just trying to get the drop. There you go. Gotta get those drops. Gotta get your chance at uh, the pet and mount. Did you get it or no? Probably not. Um, You know, I still have it linked to my PC account, so I'd have to log in to find out. But every time I do log in, I end up like five crates or something, so it's good chances. However, if we really want to go into my really crappy RNG with crates... Oh, this is going to hurt to talk about, but they brought back the freaking new moon crates, which you might think, oh, Bob, those crates, they're not that great. And I know you're not wrong, but 
the Radiant Apex, Plague Born, Sench Panther, is like one of the sickest things I've ever seen in this entire game. It's yeah. literally spewing slime out of its mouth at all times. First off, I mean, if you grew up a Nickelodeon kid like me, like anything <laughs> that's spewing slime is amazing. Plus, it's got like the elder, like ancient moss flying all over it. Like, it just looks like super green and black is just a great color. Its eyes are like spewing. It just looks so super awesome. I want it pretty much more than anything. And they haven't had it out in a really long time. And I saw it come out and I was like, wow, I have to do it. So I was like, all right, I get some money next week, you know, for now, just buy four crates. Got my four crates and I got an extra card twice. Didn't get anything cool, though. And I was like, okay, well, you know, that enticed me. So then I bought 15 crates. (laughs) (laughs) And I opened all of those, and uh, suffice to say, I did not get anything cool. And uh, that, you know, it really, it didn't deter me, because I still bought four more crates that night. (laughs) And uh, proceeded to still not get anything cool. So that was 23 crates worth of not getting anything cool. And I went from about 270 crown gems to 518. Yeah. So I'm pretty much screwed. Uh, the Plagueborn Singe Panther itself is 1200 crown gems, so I'm not even halfway there. And uh, yeah, that's, that's how I'm feeling. Uh, Endeavor points? Well, first off, I'm only about halfway in Endeavor points to be able to get to a, uh, you know, just Apex. So, let's see. I have 4,885 Endeavor points. And an Apex is 8,000. The Plagueborn is 16,000. And it's only left for 10 days. Yeah. You know, I could buy that with probably both crown gems and uh endeavors so wow man that's insane dude yeah benefits of you know not spending endeavors or crown gems it's true it's true man i may go just super insane how many crown how many crates do you think i would have to buy to get 700 crown gems way too many way too many it's sickening to think about, man. <laughs> like someone out there sending me to think about. I would probably have to buy at least like I well more than okay, well mathematically just to think that I got about two hundred and fifty give or take when I just bought twenty three crates. So to get seven hundred more I would need to buy at least Probably around 50 crates, which the best you could get is 15. That would be at least three bundles of that. Let's be honest, you're probably just going to have to buy 60 crates. That's to be 20,000 crowns, which, if I get a Microsoft, I think. Yeah, that's $135. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because, you know, 
It's a home ground sale. Yeah, no longer on sale. So it's only a mere $135 on top of what I've already spent to possibly get this mount. You know, how much gold do you have? Oh, you're right. People sell crates for gold. And it's cheaper on Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's probably it should probably be like 500k. So 500k I could get 15 crown crates. Yeah. Dude, I could do that at least twice. This is becoming a possibility. <laughs> okay, well, now that we've uh, fully, uh, you know, derailed and uh, done that for 10 minutes, but you guys know my life now, and now I'll keep, I'll keep you guys up to date. How would I, who, I would have to find someone to buy these crowns from. Yeah, I wonder who that would be. Oh, are you are you insinuating things? I mean, I could. All right, well, we'll discuss this later. <laughs> yeah. But we have 10 days. <laughs> but anyways, so there is some uh, news that pertains to actual Elder Scrolls Online and other people in the game, correct? Yeah, there, yeah there's lots of news. Uh, the big one coming up is uh, January 25th at 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Xbox and Bethesda will present a developer direct. I don't know what that is. They probably had some inform- good information on that, but I don't know. I just want to be surprised whenever I go to watch it. So uh, Immediately following the developer direct will be the 2023 ESO Global Reveal starting at 3.45 p.m. Eastern. So... That would be super exciting to find out where we're going, even though it kind of seems like we're going to somewhere in Morrowind. I think someone was saying Blacklight, which is like Redoran area, I think. Someone said that. I don't know. It's on Morrowind. I don't know anything about Morrowind. Yeah, I really don't either, even though that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about Vardenfell. Yeah, exactly. So it's just a part of Morrowind. But yeah, uh, very, very exciting stuff, man. I mean, you know, ever there was plenty of people that got a, a cool little letter. And, you know, considering it was only a letter that got sent out, I mean, how much trouble would have been to, you know, throw one your boys away, you know? I mean, to be fair, it kind of felt like, or as far as I could tell, it kind of felt like that, uh, like a lot of people didn't get it, like compared to like last year. I feel like a lot of people got it last year, whereas this one set seemed to be a more selected few. That's true, and it was also like a very like late, like it almost like didn't happen kind of thing. Seemed yeah, like, you know, because it happened like a week before the actual thing happened. Or right, day. so not so much like time for build up and hype and stuff. Maybe they feel like they overdid it last year. That's also possible. But I fed into that hype last year. I was crazy for a while. But I haven't even finished, uh, you know, Gallon. So, is what it is. But regardless, I am super uh, hyped for Wednesday. I can't wait. I'll be at work. So, you know, I'll be streaming it and going like, oh. And all the people at work will be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, dude. 
chill, man. You just don't get it. CSO. It's my life. Seems very legit. Oh, it's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. All right. And then the uh, last bit of news this week is the season of the Dragon event. It's starting on the 26th and ends on February uh, 7th. Um, there will be double resources and drops in northern and southern elsewhere, as well as double drops in the Sunspire Trial, uh, in the dungeons, Depths of Malatar, Frost Vault, Lair of Marsalock, and Move Grade Fane. So now is a good time to get any False God, Yolner Crane, Hollow Fang, or any other sets that you want from those dungeons or trials. Yeah, absolutely love the double drops. And it just, like, you know, gives people incentive to do the trial, so it's a little easier to find groups during that time. Yes, definitely. As with, you know, all events, you know, you get uh, glorious elsewhere reward boxes and normal reward boxes. Uh, you can get some treasures, uh, blue or purple elsewhere overland set item, an elsewhere crafting style or style motif page, uh, transient crystals, uh, Dragons, ingredients, uh, elsewhere treasure maps, dragon document recipes, and the new claw dance Eclite armor style pages. So a whole lot of stuff you can get from these boxes, and you get them for bosses and dragons and just doing about just about anything, honestly. But especially daily quests too. And then lastly, with the Impresario, you can get all three Passion Dancer Blossom Pet Fragments, which is like a flower pet. So, it's a flower, it's a pet, it's a flower pet. Yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can also get the first Passion Muse Personality Fragment, the Bottle of Silver Mist. So, kind of cool that they're giving out personality this month or half year however you want to consider it uh you can also get the bound style pages for the claw dance acolyte armor pack impresario group repair kits and lastly companion guild accommodations and that wraps up the news yeah so basically uh get excited because we got the super reveal on wednesday not just CSO, we got the Xbox and Bethesda Direct before then, so that should be super cool too. And then we got the event starting right after, so it's going to be a great time for sure in the world of Tamriel. So next, as always, we've got our Greyhost scores for you guys in our State of Cyrodiil update. We got Greyhost scores for PC and A first. There's 17 days left over there on the PC servers. We've got AD in the lead, and they're at 39.8k, so basically 40k, but uh, it gets really close. So we're going to be 39868 compared to Daggerfall Covenant, who is right behind him at 39723. And. Even closer right behind Daggerfall is Ebonheart Pact in last, but literally four points behind Daggerfall, 39,719. 
which that may be the closest gap we've ever had announcing in the Red Diamond Courier in 107 episodes. That's insane. Definitely possible. Definitely possible, he says. Thank you, dog. And then on the EU side of things, we've got AD leading again, this time with 48k. Ebonheart packed in second with 34k, and Daggerfall Covenant, unfortunately, bringing up the caboose this time with 31k. Dogged, what about Xbox? How are things looking over there? Alright, for Xbox NA, there's two days left in the campaign. And in first, we have DC in the lead with 86k. Uh, EP in second with 84k and 80 in last with 80k. So that's a huge turnover with uh, DC coming from either second or last back up to first. So, yeah, DC has been pushing hard. Like, me and Dog have been in there scoring, and I've been in there scoring a lot. And it's just been like fun. DC's been pushing hard and just been riding the blue wave, honestly. Yeah, it's been a little fun in there. And then I, my skills don't fight. <laughs> my skills don't fight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, that's one problem. Yeah. I mean, it, it is interesting when, you know, my skills don't fight or don't cast, but the other person's skills don't cast. So we're just sitting on top of a tower, light attacking each other. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a challenge to see whose skills will cast first because then that person will win. And it was me. So I killed the best guy. This is oh. when you're like staring down at your bar, like watching your skills to cast, and it's like pulsing every time you press it, like it's trying to cast, and just nothing is happening. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. <laughs> yeah. I think my favorite is when I was like trying to vigorously attack somebody. And the next thing I knew, I just threw six javelins at him back to back to back in like half a second. I'm like, oh, well, I mean, I guess I did damage now finally, but that, that's not what I was expecting. All right. And then for the Xbox EU side of things, we have EP in first with 100,000, uh, DC in second with 78K, and AD in last with 60,000. So big leap over there by EP. All right, and so for PlayStation NA side of things, we've got Evan Hart Pact at 89k, Almer Dominion at 85k, and Daggerfall Covenant, unfortunately, once again, last place, 82k. But I would say it's better on the EU side of things, but it's kind of not. So I think this actually may be another record for the Red Diamond Courier. Ebonheart Pact is in the lead with 143k. Is that the most we've ever announced, Doug? It's up there. I don't think it's the most. We had some pretty ridiculous scores before, so. Dude, that's a that's a really high one. That's insane. I can't even imagine how much AP those people have scored in that month. Could be not much, honestly. Yeah, I mean, depending, but if they're there for all of it. Yeah. So, EP has this huge, huge, huge number they threw out there. 
And then we've got AD in second with 81k. And once again, unfortunately, our beloved Daggerfall Covenant is in last. And they only have 53k, so it's going to be a tall battle. But, you know, maybe just wait for that next reset at this point. Most definitely. Alright, so that's going to wrap it up for our PvP section of things. And it's going to bring us right to the meat of our episode. Uh, which is the one and only first large zone chapter of Elder Scrolls Online. Released in, I don't know, I believe 2016? Something like that. Either 2016 or 2017. I don't know. Something like that. I was finding out when I logged into character to look around more when we'll record that apparently I had never finished the story on my main, like my old main. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm actually a bit surprised. I mean, it was like what I always did every story on, so I was like, what the heck? But I had finished it at one point later on a different character, but it was just kind of threw me off. I was like, wait, I did everything on this character. Yep, everything except for Morrowind, I guess. Apparently so. Yep, and uh, it did release in 2017, so. Okay, okay. Alright, so Vardenfell is a nostalgic land for many. It was the first chapter, as we stated, official VSO. The quest, uh, you know, drives you all through, um, you know, all kinds of interesting things in Morrowind. You know, it's only six years old, so we won't give you spoilers. But let's just say, if you want to go see the homie Vivek, uh, you should probably do this quest line. But, all that aside, Vardenfell also is called the Black Isle in Arena? Oh, okay, in the first game. Aside from all that, Vardenfell, also called the Black Isle in Elder Scrolls 1 Arena, is a large island located inside the Bay-like inner sea and is surrounded by mainland Morrowind with the exception of its northern coast, which meets the Sea of Ghosts. The island is dominated by the great volcano, the Red Mountain. The island itself is named after the original Dwemeri name of Red Mountain, Translating to City of Strong Shield. Red Mountain, Red Mountain. I think you uh, just said Red Diamond in the tune, or you said uh, Red Mountain and then tune a Red Diamond. Yeah, because <laughs> it was like Red Mountain in the last thing. And it was like the Dumeri name of Red Mountain translated to City of Strong Shield. And it reminded me of Red Diamond. So there you go. That's where I got to. Okay. All right. All right. It was a conscious thing. Okay. All right. 
Inhabitants of uh, Vardenfell rely on beasts of burden such as guar or silt striders, which are giant insects, or make use of various seagoing vessels to transport people and cargo. And there's also an achievement to visit all of the silt striders stops in Marwin too. So you can do that as you explore the zone. Vardenfell is also the zone where The Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind took place. So, I never played Morrowind. Uh, Bob, have you played Morrowind before? Do you have any experience from that? Uh, well, you know, I did start it at least once, um, and ran around, ended up finding, you know, the dead Colovian guy, and took his hat and went flying in the air. But I never actually played it seriously. I think I just came upon it too late. Yeah, I mean, that's still more than me, so. What are your uh, thoughts on the zone in the game? I mean, overall, for me, it was definitely interesting considering it was, like, such a different, you know, environment compared to what they had released prior. So it felt like a big adventure. But uh, one detriment to it was how huge the volcano was in the middle of the map. I don't think they're really expecting... I mean, for how big the map is, it still is a great amount of content. But there's a lot of people to this day. We even had one on Twitter the other day like, I don't know, the map feels kind of small. And I was like, well, it's probably due to the uh, huge volcano just chilling there in the middle of the map at all times. Yeah, I mean, volcanoes do be big, so. I kind of feel like that's a big complaint whenever people talk about that, about the the zone 2. Like, I don't know, I think they, like, kind of expect it to be, like, as big as, like, Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind, and it's like, that's ridiculous. I don't know why you would ever think that. Like, Elder Scrolls Morrowind is its own game. Like, (laughs) that's just crazy. As for me, though, um, this one's a bit tricky. Uh, One of the things that apparently I have learned is that if your character is, you know, not tall, uh, then whenever you go traveling through water, uh, if it's like deep enough, uh, it'll it'll dismount you. And Morrowind is a bit swampy, so traveling through a bunch of water with a short character it means I'm constantly dismounting. And that's probably my biggest dislike for the zone. Especially since I have to go or since especially since I've traveled back there to do many in-game events for that zone. So. Yeah. Alright, so elaborating a bit into the details of the zone, this zone has six striking. This zone has nine striking locales and 18 sky shards. So, this is when they really decided to go start wild and we'll get crazy with those. Now, on top of that, they've got, uh, they've got six traders. At Pilgrim's Market by Vivek City Way Shrine, which 
it's a lot of traders right there. That's like your hottest spot. You also have three traders in Balmora at the Balmora Way Shrine. And then last, they have three guild traders in Sadrith Moor at the Sadrith Moor Way Shrine. So, a total of 12 guild traders overall. That's quite a few, honestly. And uh, the Vivic City ones are definitely the most prominent. Yep, definitely a good place to stop for uh, trying to see what's available. Alright, there are also six delves and six world bosses in the zone, as well as two public dungeons. The first one is Forgotten Wastes in the north. If you run west from the Valley of the Windway Shrine, you can get there fastest. Uh, enemies here will rarely drop the seven parts for the sixth house rope costume. And apparently there's a quest or something where you need to solve a puzzle. And completing the qu uh, quest will give you the Dreamer's Chime Memento for, from that public dungeon. Uh, and then the other public dungeon is uh, Nachu Leftinth, uh, and which is not to be confused with Nachu Left, which is a delve inside of Vardenfell also. Uh, for this one, you run south from the Nechu Leftinth uh, Way Shrine to get there fastest. And enemies here will rarely drop the seven parts for the Dwarven Theodolite pet. And completing this quest will give you the Memento Naramo's Lightning Stick. And you might know Naramo from the DLC story in Shurismakai, Betnik, Huayras, or Sentinel stories. He's also in, you know, Rothgar, Clockwork City, and Western Skyrim. And which is pretty much he's wherever Dwemer ruins are, he's there. So he'll probably be in the next DLC too, which is you know I guess my new 2023 prediction. And this has been quite a tangent on Naramo of all people, but yeah, that's uh the Nichin Leftinth public dungeon for you. All right, and then the last bit of like overland information here is that there is no overland group event for this DLC. The only way to get the jewelry is through either the golden treasure chests and daily boxes, which is kind of a bummer, but it is what it is. Or guild traders, I guess, too. But all right, so. Vardenfeld does have its own trial, being a chapter and all. It is the Halls of Fabrication, and uh, it's quite a doozy, you might say. It's a long one, and it's uh, not necessarily fun to run, so you won't really catch me and Dogged in there ever. Only when there's double drops, which not, might not be in them next year, so maybe next year. Alright, and then the last bit of information before the ad break is uh, the Vardenfell dailies. There are four of them. Uh, first, we have Vivek City Hall of Justice, which has two dailies. Uh, you can also complete a quest for a call for aid, and you report to the Hall of Justice for contract work, and you get like your 200 gold or whatever it is. It's free gold right there. 
The uh, first daily is the Belaru Omoral dailies. There are six variants, and this is your traditional kill the world boss quest. So, pretty simple. And then your other one is the Treyland Omoral dailies, and there's also six variants here. And you have to explore the delve and do stuff quests. So, very basic stuff from those two dailies. And you unlock them pretty much for just doing, just for going in there. So, uh, these next two are a bit more different. In the Aldrun area, uh, the quest and the ancestral ties must be completed for these first two to uh, be able to do. And there's also Ashlander relations, which I think might be a prerequisite to that one. And you seek out the Ashlander tribes in Vardenfeld and prove your trustworthiness. So you have to do both of those before you uh, can actually do the dailies. Which the first one is the Numani Rossi dailies, which has seven variants. And you help recover historical relics from a Dejic Ruin. And then you also have Huntmaster's Swarm Nakar dailies, which also has seven variants. And then you hunt a strong beast. Which honestly sounds like my type of quest. So maybe one day I'll uh, finish whatever quest I need to so I can actually try out those dailies. Wouldn't that be an amazing thing? It would be an amazing thing. But uh, that wraps up the dailies. All right. And that's going to bring us to our robots radio break. Reminding y'all, we're a part of the one and only Robots Radio Podcast Network, and that's robotsradio.net. Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Ameren. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Alright, alright. That's gonna wrap it up for our little midway break there dog so let's get right back into the magicalness that is Vardenfell getting through some of the uh, basic details of the zone we now are going to get into uh, some of the sets which are always some of me and dog's favorite things to talk about as always so, Dog, why don't we start with the crafted sets for the zone? All right, the first set is Assassin Skyle. This is a three-trait uh, three set, and this will give you crit chance, weapon and spell damage, more crit chance, and then its fifth items reads, increases the duration of your alchemical poisons by four seconds. So this crafted set isn't really good. Right, it's, it's not too good, honestly. So... Definitely wouldn't recommend that. But the next set, on the other hand, is a pretty good set. And you may, probably, you may have heard of it. And this set is called uh, Shacklebreaker. 
This is a six trait set. And what this one will give you is stamina recovery, magic recovery, weapon and spell damage. And then its fifth item reads as 2065 max stamina and adds 2065 max magicka. So pretty stable set, pretty basic, but it's pretty decent, especially for under 50 characters or just trying to set up something to build. Bob, what do you think about Shacklebreaker? Shacklebreaker was a really cool introduction. Uh, you know, it was stood apart from a lot of the other crafted sets at the time. And, you know, even now, it's really stood the test of time itself. Look at Outcast. He's still running Shacklebreaker on, like, 99% of his PvP builds, probably. See? There you go. All right. The uh, third and final crafted set is Daedric Trickery. This is an eight-trait set. Uh, this one will give you max self, max stamina, max magicka. And then its fifth item is... When you deal damage, you gain one of five major buffs for 21 seconds every nine seconds. Eligible buffs are Expedition, Protection, Mending, Heroism, and Vitality. I'm not too big on this set, but there are other people who do like it. So, Bob, what are your thoughts on this set? This one, uh, I never really was like super big on. I know that some people really like it, but uh, the randomness of the buff it gives you was always just like a little off-putting for me. Uh, next up, we have some sets. The first one is War Maiden. You want to do that one? Yeah, so we've got uh, the light set for the zone, which, as Dog said, is War Maiden. It's got crit chance, max magicka, and weapon and spell damage leading up to the five piece, which adds 600 weapon and spell damage to your magic damage abilities. And Dog, why don't you tell them, what does magic damage abilities mean? It means it applies stuff to your magic abilities. And if you're a Templar, that's like everything you do. It does your jabs, it does your javelin. It does your degeneration, I think. It does your Adric Spear stuff. So, oh, and it does your Radiant Execution. Radiant Destruction, Radio Oppression, whatever you have. So, pretty solid for Templars, obviously. Yes, obviously. What a surprise. Yep. This is a set that, you know, I still use for uh, my Templar in PvP, so... It's a pretty good set. Alright, uh, the next set is Defiler. This is the medium set. This will give you weapon and spell damage. Uh, crit chance. More crit chance. And then its fifth item reads, When you deal crit damage, you summon a hunger that spews poison to all enemies in front of it, dealing 900 poison damage, and stunning enemy, enemy hit for 5 seconds. This effect can occur once every five seconds and skills off the higher of your weapon or spell damage. So it's a proc set one. And having the hunger uh, pop out and spew stuff is kind of cool looking. Although I don't really think it's that good of a proc set, honestly. It's a cool one, but not that great of a set. 
Bob, what's your thoughts on the Defiler set? I've always been kind of interested in this one. It's one you'll see like a lot when you're just out playing from PvP or PvE, honestly. Like, oh, there's a random hunter that just got, uh, you know, spawned in by someone. It must be a set someone's wearing. And yeah, that curiosity brings us to this set. Very elegantly put. Yeah, so the last set, the heavy set, is going to be Warrior Poet. Another kind of popular one. So this one adds max health and then two sets of 1487 armor on the way to adding 1600 maximum health. You gain minor toughness at all times, and it increases, which increases your health by 10% overall. So you gain a bunch of health, and then you gain slightly more health. So this is one I always thought would be really cool to tank with. I don't think I ever actually got around to it, but by the time I like really found out about it, I already had my solid little tank plan, but... I don't know, there's just something about this set that is always called to me. Like, it's really, uh, really OP. Yeah, it's a good little set, uh, especially if you don't have uh, any access to minor toughness at all. So, definitely a good way to help boost up your health and armor. Yeah. Which, you know, it's it's a good thing for tanks. I mean, I think people probably wear in PvP still maybe more than anything. Yeah. Alright, next up we have uh, the collect or do the thing for this DLC, and that is to find all three ancestral tombs and make a rubbing of the information they contain then deliver to the librarian Braden, or Braden to discover the location of the lost library of Undul. And this will get you the librarian title and completes the Ancestral Tombs Hunter Achievement. Bob, are you a librarian? Do you have the librarian title? Yeah, that was actually one of the ones I set out to do specifically because I really liked the librarian title. So it was kind of a task, man, but like especially 30 different rubbings (laughs) and locations. Like, man. But... This was back in the day where they used to make print hard copies of strategy guides for the chapters. They were, like, collectible and very nice. So they would both come with, well, the two they made came with a physical, like, uh, just, you know, paper kind of map that you could hang up on your wall. But it had all of these uh, little rubbing things located, which was always nice. That's uh, pretty cool, actually. All right. And then uh, speaking of, you know, achievements, we have a list of some of the achievements in the zone or in the DLC or chapter. Uh, The first one being uh, Cliff Strider Spain. And you should do your part to eliminate the Guar Menace. I mean, the Cliff Strider Menace by killing 100 Cliff Striders or Cliff Skippers in Vardenfell. So you're killed a thing. You also have your Marwin Master Angler. Catch all 12 rare fish, which is three of each type for water. So you're 
base your classic, you know, Master Angler achievement for a zone. Then you have the Savior of Marwin, which grants the Savior of Marwin title when you complete all of the following. You have Champion of Avec, which is completing the Overland story. Ancestor Tomb, Hunt, Tomb Hunter, collect a thing quest. Uh, Marwin Grand Adventure, complete 32 unique quests. Marwin Master Explorer, find all the striking locales and complete all the delves. Defender of Marwin, defeat all six world bosses. And the Nasha uh, Lefting uh, and Forgotten Waste group events, which is kill the boss that gives you the skill point. So you do all those, and you're now the savior of Morrowind. Which I'm not. Good old savior of Morrowind, man. That's, uh, I need one more quest for that one, so I'm going to have to go get that one. So we got a few more here. Strider Caravanner. Visit the Silt Strider Caravanner at each of the stations in Vardenfell. Which I believe that's like the huge flea, right? Yep. Then we've got the Pilgrim's Path, where you visit the Shrines of the Seven Graces, and the Tribunal Preacher, where you read all 30 statements of Avec. Yep, and I've read two, so I'm well on that quest. You know, oh. two of 36. Yeah, only 34 more. Lastly, there's also the Daedric Explorer, which is visit all 25 Daedric Ruins in Vardenfell. And that's if I counted them correctly. There's a lot to visit. And there's a lot of little words on there. So apparently there's a lot of Deja Gruens in Vardenfell that you need to go explore and find. So, All right. So we're coming up on the finish line here, my dude. We've got a couple things left for y'all. So how to collect the style pages. There's a lot of them. Six of them, as a matter of fact. Dogged, maybe you should cover these. Alright, I guess I can cover them. Uh, <laughs> first off, you have Halalu, which, you know, involves stealing from siblings' homes and slash war pockets. Dog's favorite. Yeah. Then you have Red Warren, which is stealing from civilians' homes and slash war pockets. That's right. all. That's the same thing. Yeah. And then you have Tavani, which is stealing from civilians' home and slash or pockets. I keep waiting for your sentence to change, and then it's just <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> yeah, so if you want Havalu, Redoran, or Tavani, you gotta steal from people or their homes and hope you get the one that you want. You know, there's only, like, a lot. So, yeah, I think there's, like, 44 chances? If I math right? No. 54 chances, I think, because I think there's 18 of each type. So, yeah, you know, one in 54. Good luck. All right. And then the uh, fourth uh, style page is more egg tongue. These are found from the bounty and explorers dispensa dispensations daily quests. There you go. I changed it up for you, Bob. Well, there you go. Now there's finally, you know, you don't have to get three different freaking style possibility pages <laughs> from one task. Yeah. Then you have the Ashlander style pages, which are found from the daily quests from the Huntmaster Storm Nakar and Namansi Numani Rasi. 
And then lastly, you have the buoyant armager, which are fun, found from treasure chests in the zone. So very rare, too, because and naturally everything needs to be very rare. But those are the style pages, so now you know how to collect them and slash or seal them. Right. And then this uh, leads up to the antiquity leads for the zone. And as always, there's going to be your green, blue, and purple treasure to sell, as well as, as the antique map of zone furnishing. And eventually what they need to do is like create some kind of interactable thing to put in your house so you can place all these maps to create like an antique map of Tamriel. Wouldn't that be cool? Bob, don't you think that would be cool? That would be cool. Yeah. Or yeah, they need to make a, a, you know, style armor furnishing thing for all these six uh, style things if you actually finish all of them because that's an accomplishment too. That is also an accomplishment too, yes. Which, you know, we may be in antiquities, but I'm still reeling from the six style pages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although I will say also, even though this also doesn't have to do with antiquities, but it reminded me of one thing because we talked about furnishings and <laughs> furnishings you can earn is that if you do the librarian achievement in this Varden Fomarwin zone, you get the cool, like, huge little uh, replica of Morwen for your home. And uh, I always thought that was really cool. And, like, as you're putting the pieces together, it, like, is building it in the library. And I thought that was a really cool, like, uh, thing that they have not done as cool ever since. Well, that's cool, I guess. I've never seen it, so. Oh, you would really like it. It's in my house. Hmm. It's, like, right when you spawn into the boat on the other side but you can you know continue now okay i'll continue now all right uh, as far as other antiquity leads you can get there's two more uh you have the sixth health sixth house uh ritual table and this drops from treasure chests or group boss in the nature lofting public dungeon um so yeah is that and the last one, which is St. Nerevar, Moon and Star. And this drops from the daily re reward boxes. And I think that's a nice looking statue. And I like statues, so. Alrighty, but that'll wrap up uh, Antiquity Leads and the Vardenfell Zone. The good old uh, Mushroom Kingdom, as some would put it. I've only heard you put it that way, but okay. <laughs> well, you are means, stopped, so yeah, exactly. So, uh, and you know, we may be going back towards that Morrowind area, so we could be more mushroom zones. Yep, you and mushrooms. Well, they also have the pancake plant there, so that's a story for a different time. Although I don't know what other time will ever be because, you know, we're talking about Varnerfell now, but how else do you explain a pancake plant on a podcast? You just have to see it for yourself. Definitely. 
You know what I'm talking about. Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. Wow. Well, I guess we better get out of here then before Dog even <laughs> doesn't know more stuff. So, uh, Dog, why don't you uh, let the people know where they can find us? Well, actually, hold on. So, thank you guys for chilling with us. As always, we hope you enjoyed. A little region guide episode for you guys. Uh, break things up a little bit. Uh, we didn't want to do too many crazy predictions and stuff because there was just not a lot of information stuff that came out. So we're just going to enjoy the uh, direct reveals and stuff on Wednesday. And we'll talk all about it after they announce everything. So for now, dog, why don't you let them know where they can find us? Uh, you can find us on Twitter of the at Red Diamond Cast. You can also find us on our Facebook of the Red Diamond Courier. And you can tell us all about how, if you believe that Morrowind is home of the Mushroom Kingdom, if you refer to the Mushroom Kingdom, or if that's just Bob. You can also talk to us about the Mushroom Kingdom and Bob uh, in our ESOPC or Xbox Field of Errors of the Red Diamond, which you can join our Robots Radio Discord on the robotsradio.net. And if you check the show notes, you'll be able to find links to all our cool stuff, like our merch store, music producer, ESO-hub.com, and all that other good stuff. Plus, if you leave us a five-star review with words on Apple Podcasts, we will gladly shout you out from the mountaintops to the stars and everyone else. And, uh, yeah. It just means a lot to us, and it helps show that we are a real podcast, so other people listen. And maybe we'll get a letter next year. <laughs> so, dog, where can people uh, contact you and send you letters? Uh, you can find me on Xbox, Twitter, or ESOPC. All of that, dog mark twenty four. And for me, it's me, Bob Space Chichinsky on Xbox and Bob underscore Chichinsky on Twitter, Twitch, and ESOPC. And I guess that's going to wrap it up for us on this edition of the Red Diamond Courier. Like I said, we hope you guys enjoyed. Dog, thanks for hanging out, man. And uh, we'll be back at you next week after the big 2023 review. Yep, see you soon. Peace. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey there, my name's Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of The DL, Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gamer-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose.